Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this marvelous metaphysical matrix, I hope that you are able to be aware of your ascension symptoms and also discern which ones might be something else. It might be an actual medical issue, in which case I urge you to see your doctor and get checked out just in case, or it might be something a little more sinister and you might need to do some, well, some psychic uh, business. (laughs) You know, whether it's psychic surgery and you're cutting out something that someone threw at you or maybe... You need to protect yourself with white light, which it's always a good idea. Maybe you need to break cords between you and others with an egg. Egg magic always works. Draja Mika Harik has an incredible book called Egg Magic. And it might be something, you know, that's much easier to fix, such as just calling upon your holy guardian angel and Archangel Michael to cut the cords and ties that bind you and other people that you no longer have contact with and probably should not have contact with. So uh, we're going to go over the next uh, set of symptoms. This is the third day going over this uh, article called List of 53 Ascension Symptoms. Of course, in the article it says 43, so I honestly don't know how many there are. <laughs> it might take us uh, the rest of this week, if not the rest of next week, to go through these. But I think it's very important to know um, which one of these can be something t- completely different than an ascension symptom. So you could kind of use your discernment. And this is kind of an exercise in learning how to have discernment because I realized that just saying you need to have discernment, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of a vague notion, which makes it therefore an intangible get. And you can't just get discernment. You can't go to Amazon and buy it online and have it shipped in two days. You can't walk down to the pharmacy and get discernment. You have to uh, learn how to have discernment, but you need to know what to discern in order to have the discernment, right? It just, it doesn't just come naturally. Although maybe to some people might, it's something that, uh, has taken me years. Well, maybe my lifetime actually to have, so here we go. Let's, let's get into the symptoms now. And we're going to see, uh, well, pretty much where we're at. Um, as soon as I started to record, I started to have allergies. So, 
uh, pardon me for that, but, uh, here we go. Um, and, and by the way, allergies can be an ascension symptom. I've been taking my vitamins, so I don't know what's going on, but here it is anyway, right? Now, I don't always 100% agree with uh, some of the descriptions, although I'm going to read uh, the grand majority of these descriptions from the enlighteningmedia.nl article. Uh, So, heat rising in the body. (coughs) It says, similar to spiritual flu. Well, it's part of spiritual flu, actually. Uh, She says, this can occur early on with some regularity during your spiritual awakening journey. Well, I've been spiritually awakening since 1987. (laughs) Has it always been a part of it? No. Has it always been a part of it in the past four years? Yes. Have I also been going through hormonal fluctuations and changes and menopause? Yes. So guess what? You have heat in your body and you just feel like you're getting hotter and hotter and there's no reason for it. It's like, what? (laughs) It could be hormones. Uh, It could be problems with um, thyroid and um, there are other organs in your body. It could be hormonal fluctuations and changes. If you're um, pregnant or you're having uh, issues with... um, uh, menopause, uh, you know, anything, if you're a female, there's a whole bunch of stuff that can cause, uh, heat rising in the body. It can also happen, uh, when you're having an affirmation or confirmation, when you're just, um, sitting around with friends and someone says something that's deep and profound and spiritual. And all of a sudden you get tingly and sometimes you feel a little hot. I have several uh, male friends when in 1987 that would get this, they would be like, Ooh, I feel, Ooh, I feel hot. Suddenly, like I feel hot and, and tingly. Like that was a confirmation. That's when spirit says, yes, that is an idea meant for you. That is an idea that you need to run with. You need to, uh, implement into your being more because it's something that will help you, uh, raise your vibration and move farther along down the path. That is your spiritual journey. So heat rising in the body. She also says, um, it's like a spiritual fire of soul that wakes up within you and burns away illusions, brings in energetic truths. And she says, basically just drink a lot of water, get your rest whenever this happens. And eventually it passes and reveals greater awareness and more of a clear direction for your life when it is over. Well, uh, but if it's, if it's something physical and it keeps happening every night, every night, every night, probably not an ascension symptom. If it happens, you know, a certain amount of time, like if you eat, I notice for me, if I, uh, eat a pretty big meal, I get really hot within, um, 20, 30 minutes. And it's just when my body is burning those calories, that heat will rise in my body. It's not something that always happened in my life. It's something that just recently started happening. I don't know if it's spiritual or not, but it's a weird thing. My ex-husband, God rest his soul. Every time he would eat dinner, if it was a really good meal, his face would turn red. He would get flush. He would have to stand up and uh, excuse himself and go to the bathroom because his face was sweaty. 
every single time he ate a somewhat spicy food or a food that was really, really good, especially like Italian food. And I mean, a lot of times I would make him a really good, like even Greek food once in a great while, I would make like spanakopita from scratch. <laughs> I would make lasagna, spaghetti sauce, like all this stuff from scratch. Well, he, he would just be like, I, I can't, I gotta go. <laughs> and he looked like he just ate a bunch of hot peppers and sometimes he would, but usually when that happened, it was just his hormone fluctuations would happen. He was in his fifties, men in your fifties. If you're a man in your fifties or you're a man that someday will be in your fifties, you have to hear this too. You're going to go through a uh, male menopause as well. Like your hormones fluctuate and change. And I mean, you might be more moody and susceptible to that moodiness. You might be susceptible to weird shit, like the heat rising up in your body every time you eat, or if you like start to get sexually attracted um, to somebody like your wife or your, your boyfriend or whatever, you end up getting kind of, um, or I should say husband or girlfriend as well, or whoever you're with, or just, you might get a rush of an, a hormonal flush where now you're not only sexually turned on, you're also like, Oh God, I'm really hot. Is it hot in here? I mean, it's kind of a joke, like from a long time ago in movies, they go, Oh, is it hot in here? Like a handsome man or ha or a good looking woman and walk in and, Ooh, is that, Ooh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of, I'm feeling flesh, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's been around a long, long time, even in old black and white movies, right? So this heat rising in your body, it's not just ascension symptoms. It's not just the spiritual flu. It can happen um, whether you're even spiritually awake or not. Okay. So I'm saying that this one is definitely an ascension symptom, but it also is definitely uh, hormonal changes and fluctuations. And it could have to do with eating or sexual activity or anything that the pituitary gland um, which is the master gland and controls everything, anything that it controls can be affected or can affect this heat rising in your body. Another thing that would affect it is if you have, um, Kundalini energy rising up and your Kundalini starts to go, that is called the internal fire. And that will definitely raise your, uh, heat in your body. It's a crazy feeling. The first time that happens, you just feel like, I think there's a snake inside me and I think I may be dying <laughs> there. I, I actually felt a head of a snake raising up. It's actually going around my spine. I think it's eating its way through my body and I think I'm dying. I mean, that was like one of the thoughts that occurred to me. I'm like, this better not be an actual freaking snake. It actually felt like a snake <laughs> and that really freaked me out. Um, the first time and it's happened several times since and it's like not as freaky all those other times, but the very first time you're like, um, oh my God. <laughs> so, uh, basically with this, um, heat rising in the body, it could also, it could be, um, you know, if you have a tumor in the brain on, uh, the pituitary gland or other glands, um, in your brain, it could also cause this. So if it's something that's happening constantly and it has nothing to do with sexual arousal or, um, eating a bunch of food or whatever, and it's just random times or at the same time every day and it has nothing to do with anything else, go check it out. Go, go get a doctor to check you out. 
you know, if you are a woman and you're going through hormonal fluctuations, whether it's that time of the month or that time of life where you're like, I'm not going to have the time of the month anymore. This heat rising in the body, this is something that can be attributed to many, many different things. Now on a spiritual level, it can never be attributed to, um, being showing up in your room, uh, as far as, um, as far as, uh, ghosties, <laughs> you get spirits or stuck spirits or someone coming to visit you from heaven. It's going to feel cold. It feels so cold. Like the other day when I had five spirits in my room and they're all just standing there staring at me and I felt their eyes on me and I was looking around and I saw nothing because I don't see them with my eyes. And I had to feel them and sense them out. And I was like, you know, and I mean, I swear to God, there was like ice cold. Um, like it felt like it was, I, I thought I was going to look out the window and see snow on the ground. And I really thought, shit, the ice age just hit, you know? And it was just because they're spirits and they're very, they always bring an icy cold energy with them. It's very weird. Now, um, if someone curses you, I don't know if there is heat rising in the body. It might be cold or, or other, like an electrical, but a bad sick feeling with accompanying that. I don't really know. I don't have, thank you God, too, too much experience with this only with the one person. And I never felt a temperature fluctuation. Um, something that I have noticed, which I don't know if it's later on the list or not, is my uh, temperature of my body dropping rapidly when I start to fall asleep. That's recently. I don't know what that is, but I know it's an ascension symptom. I'm, I'm pretty sure because our temperature will normally drop one or two degrees, but I'm like feeling okay, a little cold, and I lay in bed and all of a sudden just like I feel really cold suddenly. And I just, I don't think... It's a blood sugar thing. And and by the way, I think when your blood sugar um, drops, I think you're colder. I think when it rises and you need to eat your, um, uh, you know, because you've eaten in your, um, I think that does raise the heat in your body. Um, and it's a blood sugar thing. So when you eat and you feel hot, that's usually that, but there was something else to this. Oh yes. Um, the other spiritual thing that this can be is if somebody is sending you Reiki or you have asked to, um, be connected to the healing grid or you've prayed when you pray, uh, that it comes up through the grid beneath your feet now. So anytime you ask for any kind of healing whatsoever, you know, you pray to God, you ask your Holy guardian angel, you ask your ancestors, um, that energy comes through your, um, the grid beneath your feet, the healing grid that I and, um, like a thousand people together, we, we, uh, created this around the world. So that'd be much easier, much faster for the energy to reach you. And as we, um, and so, uh, you know, I'm always putting hundred percent of the time, putting Reiki energy into this thing. And when someone directly sends you Reiki, or when you receive any kind of healing from any source, it could feel cold. It could be feeling, um, electrical. It could feel tingly and it also can feel like heat and Reiki energy specifically will go to where it needs to be to heal you. And it will feel the way that will feel the best 
for you at that moment. So, you know, on Tuesday, you might feel tingly from Reiki, but on Thursday, you might feel heat rising in the body from Reiki. So that could be many, many, many different things, not necessarily only an ascension symptom. So the next thing is uh, dropping objects and clumsiness. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to read what she wrote, but I don't know. Um, I got to tell you a little, a sad story about this. (laughs) So she says this tends to occur when your paradigm has been challenged and your old ways no longer serve you well. When you're being guided to change your ways and to focus more on the moment and not to be distracted by too many things at once. Well, it's a possibility. Another possibility is you have arthritis or, um, muscle, uh, problems. Maybe you have done too many drugs, um, like throughout your life or just like today. (laughs) Um, and the saddest one is what happened to my husband. It was the earliest symptom he had of brain cancer. So if you're dropping objects quite often, I, and it's like every day, not just when you're going through some kind of a weird emotional or psychological or spiritual upgrade. I, if he keeps going over a couple of weeks, please, by all means, go get checked out, go get your brain checked out to see if there's anything, um, you know, any glitches or anything that can be, um, taken care of. I mean, usually I think tumors can be removed. My brother has a tumor in his head. That's not cancer. I don't know what it is. His name is Mark. If you guys want to pray for him and imagine the tumor shrinking in his brain, he has uh, been quite nervous about it for many years. He was in a car accident and they did a cat scan cause he hit his head when he was, um, hit by a, uh, semi truck when it slid on ice. It like the, like the light turned red real quick and he slammed on the brake at the last minute and he skidded all the way across the intersection and hit my brother and his best friend head on. And I think his friend was killed or like put in a coma or something really horrible. And my brother, um, got out without a scratch, but they did a cat scan just to make sure he had a little bit of a concussion, but he had a brain tumor and he was like, what the hell, you know, but you can have a brain tumor and it's not cancer you know, just saying, you know, but my brother doesn't have this issue. So it depends on what part of the brain it's in. And I can't tell you exactly right now. Um, well, I, I just, I took brain and behavior, but I barely understood the accent of the teacher. I got a D in the class. <laughs> I got really good grades throughout university, except for that class. And, um, totally ridiculous. But so I don't know where it comes from in your brain, the dropping objects, clumsiness factor, but it could be that it it could just be that you're exhausted from all the other ascension symptoms happening. It's not necessarily an ascension symptom in and of itself, but it might be one that's affected by all the others. I don't know about this. I don't know. Um, And also, um, on another note, this could be, um, this could be fairies or ghosts or any kind of spirit that are trying to get your attention. This could be something, um, like when I was in, uh, my first apartment here in Cuenca, Ecuador with my kids, 
there was a three year old boy who was, um, had been, uh, killed and he was, um, haunting the place. And I mean, we would watch as the door, like we would shut and lock the door, double, triple check, make sure it went open. And we would wake up to go get water in the kitchen or whatever in the middle of the night. And we watch as a door would unlock and then open itself. <laughs> and we would have to say, no, you're supposed to come inside. Like we're, like we're literally watching a three-year-old little boy. And I was still learning how to uh, put people to heaven and he wouldn't go. And I finally had to find one of his dead relatives that he trusted because he wasn't supposed to go with strangers. And he was really a good little boy. So one of the ways that he um, tried to get our attention is he would um, drop glasses. <laughs> I mean, two or three times this happened. And one time um, my son was looking out the window um, at the edge of the kitchen and behind him, the glass was hovering in midair. And then, and then, um, he turned around just to see a glass and he's like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden, right, right when he's saying the shit word, it was like, boom, and <laughs> glass everywhere. And he's like, uh, what the hell is happening? And that was in the middle of the day, you know? And I, I accused him, are you dropping things? You know, sometimes it's spirits dropping crap around you and they might knock stuff out of your hand. You might feel someone knock something out of your hand, yet you can't see them. And sometimes it might be a poltergeist, like a ghost trying to get your attention, like, hey, help me get to heaven, dude, I'm stuck. Or it might be a fairy that's mad at you. It might be an animal spirit, like a cat uh, or dog spirit that's pushing on you and they learn to manipulate matter because they're stuck in the matrix and they're a ghost. So this dropping objects, clumsiness thing could be, and also it can be a curse. Someone could do, do a curse for you so that you break every dish you own in a matter of a month or something. But if this starts to happen by all means, immediately go get checked out by a doctor. If you think it might be something other than supernatural or paranormal activity or <laughs> an ascension symptom. So anxiety is the next one. And this is what they say. Many empaths feel anxious because of the lower level or often negative energy that they pick up and absorb from others and a toxic environment. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're an empath and you're having a relatively decent day and then people are near you and you feel anxiety, it's not your anxiety. It is their anxiety. It doesn't mean that they're a negative person. It doesn't mean that they're a toxic person. It does mean that they're feeling anxiety right now. And so all you need to do is just filter that out of your system and just keep cleansing your aura, cleansing your chakra, cleansing your spiritual body, you know, all of your bodies, you know, psychological, um, emotional, physical, and spiritual bodies of the individual, your Pepsi bodies, as I call them. So it's the easiest, um, thing for me to let you know, if you're an empath, I don't think it's always like, see, to, for you to, for this person to say it's a toxic environment. Cause you felt anxiety. It's like, I don't know. I mean, that's just as bad as this woman that, um, was a friend of mine. She's a friend of mine now, but she was my client, my hypnosis client. And she was trying to find a place to live. And she had super, super, super strict, high standards. She didn't want to live with any addicts. Who's an addict 
anybody who consumes caffeine at all. Anyone who's, who, who consumes, uh, um, uh, sugar at all, you know? And it's like, she thought that was a toxic environment. If you eat meat, you're, you're, you're in a toxic environment. You know, it's like if you smoke weed because you've got, um, a problem, you know, medical issue or you, or you normally have anxiety, that's toxic, you know? And it's not really, it's just, you know, you could get a little crazy with that kind of, uh, judgment and assessment, right? It's not always a toxic environment because somebody feels anxious, you know, there might be a reason they feel anxious. Or if you're an empath, there's a reason you feel it is because you're a sponge soaking it up from the environment around you. And now you're going to just spit it back out into the cosmos for healing or putting it into the earth where the earth knows what to do with it. So, um, it's not always that, but she does say here, if, um, when there's a lot of cosmic activity, you might feel your anxiety rise. I agree with this when there are uh, CMEs breaking off the sun and when they reach us and they're going through us or cosmic radiation, especially the magnetar energy. Sometimes I feel a great deal of anxiety until my body can implement the, uh, energies and raise up in vibration. If I, um, listen to music that is lower in vibration, that will create anxiety in me. So I have to immediately like, holy crap, you know, I need to woo, lift that up again. And ironically today I heard ACDC's highway to hell and I loved it. And I laughed my ass off and danced to it. And I did feel it was a, it was a lower vibration than I am, but it made me happy because it reminded me of a happier time in my life when that was like, we were all like, you know, singing that on every road trip. It's like a road trip song. That's hilarious to me at least. <laughs> and, um, so it's not always, but some of the deeper, darker energy type music really makes me like, ugh, I feel so much anxiety and I have to immediately, I mean, there's, um, a, I can't remember the name of it, but there is, um, 12,000 Hertz frequency, only the sound. It's not music. It's not a meditational thing. It's just, it, it says for experimental purposes only. And I'll go listen to 12,000 or 13,000 Hertz frequency. And immediately I feel better. I'm just like, okay, I need to vibrate at an extremely high rate. Otherwise I'm not, I don't feel good anymore. And it was not always like this. I remember when a time when um, 369 Hertz frequency felt high to me. And I remember when 420 was at 428 felt good to me. And that feels that's way lower than my vibe right now. Um, like 528, there's like all these like ones, Oh, it's the energy of love. It's like, is it really though? It might be, but when I put 12,000 Hertz frequency, I fear, feel a higher frequency of love. I think that all frequencies come from love, by the way, because they were all created by God and God is love. So by the way, <laughs> just completely side note there. But anyway, um, so this person says, uh, you'll feel physical symptoms from this list that we're going through when there's cosmic activity in addition to anxiety. So if you're sensitive to other people's energy fields, be aware of your, um, being aware of your abilities is key. Pull your awareness in closer to your own energy field and don't extend your energy field out to meet others. Oh, that's interesting advice. I never thought about that so much. Um, 
and look after yourself by focusing on the things that you love. Okay, well, that's good. Anxiety also is uh, caused by when someone is cursing you. Um, not always, but sometimes if someone is sending you a negative or evil thoughts, I get anxiety feelings when, um, when my twin flame feels anxiety, he, I think he's also an empath. And, um, when other people, when they're having like a, a tiff or a rift or, you know, when he's had words with people, I will feel his anxiety and then I will feel why, <laughs> and then I will try to heal the situation in myself. And then I will try to heal it in him. Um, because I'm aware of it, but sometimes I will, um, I will get anxiety from other people thinking negative thoughts or pushing negative energy my way. And, um, like they're trying to push their opinion on me or if somebody likes me and they try to push their sexual energy on me and it's an unwanted energetic advance. I will feel it. And it's like, ugh, it's like, ugh. sometimes that causes anxiety in me. Usually I catch it before I allow my emotions to flow with it. I usually don't roll with any of that energy. I just send it right back to the person and let them feel what they've uh, been putting out there. But, um, anxiety also can be caused by a tight hip flexor muscle. <laughs> like what? Yeah, there's there's a, a muscle called the psoas, spelled P-S-O-A-S. And when that muscle is too tight, it can cause anxiety. Now, if you unravel this muscle, you know, you do the correct exercises. It's like a set of physical therapy exercises that take all of like five minutes if you can do these exercises in the right succession, the right order, you will unravel that muscle. And all of a sudden, as soon as you're done, it's like a rush of, Ooh, and it feels like you just took an anxiety pill. Sometimes you'll get anxiety from, um, if you're super sensitive to energy and you're not used to eating meat and you eat meat, um, you might feel the fear of the animal that might be stuck in the meat. It's not always the case. I don't usually feel that. Um, sometimes I have though. And if I feel that, usually the animal is with me still. So if an animal gets stuck in the matrix because it didn't go to the light when it was um, killed, then if I eat it, it will come and hang out with me. Like I was telling my friend the other day, um, a, cu a couple times when I've eaten um, really fresh bacon, I've had the pigs follow me around for the day and I'll say, do you want me to take you to heaven? And sometimes they say, no, we want to stay with you and learn with you. And so I will just send them a lot of love and they will be grateful for the spiritual lessons that they learned because animals are on a natural spiritual progression just as we are. And they progress, but as they have like a group soul and they progress as a group and all animals have moved up as we're moving up actually right now. So, um, so I will feel the anxiety of an animal if they don't understand what happened, you know, like if someone loves them, loves them, loves them, loves them, and then kills them without explaining what's happening. And if they don't, they don't have an awareness of, even though all animals that come here, um, for, to be food for us, um, they know before they get here, but then like we all do, they forget, you know, and then they get like, well, I thought he loved me. Why would he kill me and eat me? That makes no sense. 
you know, like sometimes the animals, a higher order of animals, um, chickens don't normally, uh, care so much. Rabbits understand what's going on though. So I, I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, voodoo, Santeria, um, they raise their animals with a lot of love and then they kill them and they don't explain what's happening. They just do it in, as a part of a ceremony, which has got to be a really scary, freaky way to die if you're an animal. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're like me and you have to send uh, people or animals back to heaven, check in your local area for voodoo animals so that you can, or Santeria animals, because, um, there might be some stuck in the matrix and it, and it keeps us all down when they're not able to be released and back into the light. Cause once they're uh, actually in the light and they're in heaven, they're like, Oh, okay. Now I understand. Well, that's cool. We all have to die of something, right? Like they don't hold a grudge. They're not mad. They don't get, um, but they do sometimes get confused and that's a part of it. And that can cause anxiety. So, uh, other things are lack of vitamin D, lack of magnesium, um, you know, lack of practically anything, you know, in extreme, like if you haven't had B vitamins in a while, that might cause it, but for sure, vitamin D go stand in the sun for a couple of minutes every day. That will help. I would not recommend putting your face in the sun all the time, but maybe like the back of your arms one day, or maybe your legs another day, you know, just kind of mix and match and change it up. I'm a redhead, so it takes us about two and a half to three minutes to store up enough sunlight for the next week or two. (laughs) And if you have darker skin, you need more time. So you might need, you know, 10 minutes in the sun, but you need to check for your area. Make sure you check, um, the UV light. Uh, it's, it, it fluctuates and changes and some days it's dangerous to be outside. So you have to, you know, some days you might want to just take a vitamin D, uh, supplement, but, uh, anxiety can be caused, um, by a lack of theonine, which is an amino acid. So I start taking that and that does help. And sometimes you might just have maybe of all your nutrition, you know, on point, but you still might have like say post-max stress disorder or, um, OCD or some other thing that's gone wrong or wacky in the brain. And you don't have your, um, <clears throat> proper balance of, um, and God is telling me electrolytes, take electrolytes, it, Pedialyte. If you have to, uh, that causes anxiety, having a low level of electrolytes, um, you know, that will make your brain not fire correctly. That's what God just told me right now. So thank you. That was helpful. Um, sometimes you just have something wonky and you need to take a pill, um, that your doctor gave you. And sometimes just taking that pill. Now you're like, ah, I feel a lot better. If you're used to smoking weed, um, you know, the THC, and then you don't have it, that will create anxiety as well. If you don't get enough sleep and you don't have the ability to vent out your crazy venting dreams, you know, if you're normally sleeping eight to 10 hours and then you get a new job, now you're only sleeping five to six hours because you have to commute or because you're nervous. What's going to happen is after like several days to a week, you're going to build up all these venting dreams and you're just going to be so filled with anxiety because your brain has not been allowed to let all that shit go. So if you sit down or you lay down on a Saturday or Sunday, 
to take a quick little nap and you wake up six hours later after horrible dreams, you're in a, a cold sweat and you're crying your heart out and you're like, what the hell happened? Or you're afraid it's cause you vented out all of your venting dreams at once. Usually afternoon naps are venting dreams. So that's something I don't think I even told you guys my dream episode that I did, I think last year. So <laughs> it's really important to know that, <coughs> to know that. So anxiety can be caused by black magic. Of course, it can be caused by voodoo or anything being done against you. If someone throws a snake on your back, yeah, that can cause anxiety for sure. If you're having negative or evil dreams, um, they have nothing to do with you. They're not normal. You might have a bad spirit in your house. You might have a bad gin who's angry at you. You might even have a tree spirit. If you ever cut down a tree and then you have horrible um, vibrations in your area, you're having anger from a tree spirit. I had that happen to me once. Um, it was, it, I mean, it looked like a, a tornado inside my house and the papers were swirling in a tornado pattern and all the windows and doors were shut and we didn't have air conditioning on. Everything was just still. Um, and all of a sudden we heard something and we heard, um, anger, like angry, uh, footsteps and no one was there. The kids were upstairs. My father-in-law was downstairs. My husband and I were sitting on the couch and we heard this stuff. We turned and looked and we, we, um, heard like cabinets slamming in our kitchen and then the tornado inside the house. And, and I'm like, we need to figure this out, <laughs> you know? And he, and he shut his eyes and he saw I was a tree spirit that was mad at him because the tree itself was dying and he only had two offspring with his love, which was a tree next to him, which was obviously female after he told us that we looked at the trees. We're like, Oh my God, there's a male and a female. And with pine trees, there are a male and a female and they have tree families and the tree, uh, he had only a couple little, um, sons and my husband accidentally ran over one when, um, the, uh, clutch went out in the VW bus that we used to have. And it went down the hill, rolled over the tree and killed it. And the tree spirit was completely angry and justifiably so. We had to make a lot of apologies and he put a stone circle around the other tree and gave it a lot of love and honor. And we sent Reiki to it and made sure that it thrived. And when it was um, dry, we would water it. And it was, um, after that we had no more hauntings <laughs> of the tree spirit and, and that can, that kind of thing can create anxiety as well. So that was just a really freaky thing that happened to me. Um, anyway, loss of memory is the next one. This is something I have experienced quite a bit in the past couple years, maybe two years. And my son has been quite upset thinking I might have Alzheimer's or I might have, um, you know, dementia or early, early stage dementia or menopause related uh, dementia. Like he's like, so freaked out. And I'm like, you don't understand. Um, my whole life I've been dwelling on the past or the future and never in the present moment. So I miss a lot of things. I miss social cues from people that I should have noticed. And I ended up in a lot of bad relationships. I ended up, you know, not paying attention to my children in moments that I ought to have or whoever, you know, I, I, a lot of my relationships suffered cause I was never in the present moment. <laughs> and I was always dwelling on the past and then I was dwelling on the future. And, um, only in the past couple years have I been able to really and truly 
stay centered, stay in the present moment, not every day, not every moment of every day, but a lot of the time I'm in the present moment. What am I doing right now? And when you're in the present moment, by the way, and you don't think about the past or the future at all, that does alleviate anxiety, by the way, but it does create a really weird phenomenon, which is like a loss of memory. You don't remember what happened yesterday. You might not remember a conversation you had an hour ago. Some of you guys will write me about something I said last night on the show and I'm like not totally remembering it. Sometimes I'll go back and listen to an old episode and go, wow, this is a really good show. Like if I didn't know it was me, I'd be like, I can't wait to subscribe and listen to this show. I love all these topics. Sometimes I'm channeling God and I don't remember what's going on because I'm in the moment. And it's really, really freaky phenomenon that's been happening to a lot of people in the ascension. So having a loss of memory, of course, can be a physical thing, can be a hormonal thing. It could be if you've taken a lot of Ambien because you can't sleep at night because you're having ascension symptoms, you know, insomnia, which is the next one, which we're going to get to in a second. But, um, <clears throat> you know, a lot loss of memory is caused by a lot of things. It, it does happen through um, some brain related issues. Uh, if you're having a heart or um, stroke related issue, if you're having um, diabetes and blood sugar fluctuations or hypoglycemia and blood sugar uh, stuff, I think thyroid uh, issues also can cause a temporary loss of memory. Medicines, certain medications can cause a loss of memory. Um, <laughs> I've seen men who are very sexually excited, not remember a damn thing when it's all over <laughs> because blood was not flown to the brain, <laughs> but, um, I have heard of that anyway. Um, so loss of memory. This is what this person says. This happens when you grow in self-awareness because you become more interested in the moment than in the past. And hence <laughs> you might not remember at a glance what you did this morning by lunchtime. So you need to slow down your thinking in order to recall you like, yeah, it's like you're vibrating so high. And you're like, yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm in this moment. And all these Ascension symptoms are putting us in the moment. Cause we're like, what was that? What was that? Oh my God, my body's doing this weird thing. I'm feeling this weird. And so you're in the moment. It literally puts you in the moment. <laughs> so, um, when you're high vibrational energy, you're in 5d, you, it keeps you at the moment. And that's where all po power and all potentials, all potentialities exist in 5D, in the moment. But you have to like slow down and think, what, what the hell happened like yesterday? What happened earlier? Like some of you will have a conversation with me and I barely remember because I'm always in the moment. And then if you say a few things, I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I do remember now. I do remember. <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's a freaky thing. And, and I know I don't have dementia. God says no. And I know I don't have Alzheimer's. No, God says no. Thank you, God. Knock on wood. I'm never going to get this. Thank you, God. Uh, but I'm, I'm always in that. I'm always in the moment. And so you don't remember the past, you know, and sometimes when I'm starting to fall asleep, I'll have flashes of memories of the future. So I'm starting to remember the future. Like I have a memory of it. It's very weird. It's and it feels the same as if having a memory in the past. I don't know if you guys have started to have that, but that's another one, not even on the list, but, um, for certain, you know, we're all in the moment. So inability to sleep is the, the next one. Uh, this can happen when, the, when, oh, it's a, uh, loss of memory, of course, brain stuff, 
also, uh, voodoo, Santeria, like even the, um, oh gosh, the, the, uh, no, why? See, inability to remember that. Kahula, no, um, oh damn it. Like Kahului, that's, that's, that is an island, and maybe this happens there. In Hawaii, the uh, Kahunas, thank you very much, God. God always has, has my back filling in the gaps. Kahunas. The kahunas are a very, very powerful, um, tribal leaders and they're, and they're like medicine men and they have the magic. Even they can do this. A lot of people with powerful earth magic can create a loss of memory in people. Also (laughs) roofies, you know, if you ever go out to a club and you have a loss of memory, it might not be the ascension. It might be you are roofied on, you know, I was roofied when I was in, um, Montanita beach and my daughter and I looked at each other. This guy put roofie like mixed in with this like salt that he put around the rim of the glass when he served us. Um, I don't know. She was 17 and we just went, we're like, Hey, let's go get a drink and then we'll go home. And it was just like, what the hell? And my daughter just licked the glass and looked at him and then flipped him off. And we got up and left. And he's like, you need to um, pay. And it was a whole thing. It was like other parts of it. And it was like an altercation between me and him. I'm like, well, you need to stop putting drugs on the glass to try to rape us. There's still our money. And he was like, what? And and he looked shocked. Like, he's like, how, like, how did you know? <laughs> I'm like, I've been roofied before. There's another guy that roofied me. And it doesn't affect me because, you know, hey, boom, strong Irish liver. <laughs> For me, it was like a muscle relaxant. You know, it was like taking like an extra magnesium for me. It wasn't that big of a deal. I'm all, whatever. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I'm going to sleep well tonight, asshole. But, but, um, so by the way, so loss of memory can happen from a lot of things. I mean, it could knock you out if you get roofies with the strong enough, uh, medicine. GHB was something that had to be taken off the market because, it was a really excellent thing for a bodybuilding, but when mixed with alcohol, that was an instant roofie. So, um, it was really, really bad. And that created a loss of memory, a lot of, uh, like Ambien, a lot of medicine, uh, from, for a lot of wide variety of medicines, especially when mixed with alcohol can create a loss of memory, just going out on the town and drinking a lot of alcohol again, just in and of itself. And by the way, happy St. Patrick's day, <laughs> cheat town. They dyed the river green. I saw the pictures. That was pretty cool. Chicago. They always dye the river green. It doesn't do anything to the fish other than maybe make some green for a little while. It's a natural food dye. I think <laughs> it's pretty cool. I saw the pictures today, <laughs> but, um, anyway, there's a lot of different things that can cause a loss of memory. If it's persistent, go see a doctor because probably not an ascension symptom inability to sleep. This can happen when there's a lot of change, uh, stirring within you and you're unsure what to act upon first. This is what she says. Um, if you're, uh, overthinking stuff and over processing, uh, potential problems and solutions that also is anxiety, having anxiety, that's an inability to sleep. Uh, so it could be the, the soul assisting the personality. And when you're resisting it, that will keep you from sleeping when uh, you try to avoid sleep, if you're afraid of having a bad dream, because you've been having bad dreams, which are usually venting. Now, say you smoke pot every day, every day, every day. When you do that, what happens? And you don't give yourself a break from that. 
you um, will not have any uh, venting dreams at all. It prevents the venting dreams. So um, maybe you're getting 12 hours of sleep because you're smoking a lot of weed. You're still not feeling rested because you're not having venting dreams. And now you're like, what the hell? And when you run out of weed and you get really cranky and irritable and pissed off and then you go to sleep, all night long is going to be venting dreams. And you're going to be like, I need my pot because, oh my God, I have shitty dreams and I'm not. And all it is is your brain getting rid of the stuff it doesn't need anymore, the stuff it's afraid of. Usually that's why you have your venting dreams are like, you know, you, you go to bed and you worry that you might be gaining a little bit of weight and you have a venting dream that you've gained 300 pounds and you can't move. And now they're airlifting your roof off your house and cause they can't, they have to get a, use a crane to get you to the doctor, right? Like those kind of dreams <laughs> where you're like, damn, you know, you wake up, you're like, Oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can exercise and lose this last 10 pounds, but boy, that was a crappy dream. You know, um, I used to have dreams about massive amounts of snakes in my yard and I couldn't get to my car and I was scared I was going to get bitten and get killed. <laughs> that was like a recurring nightmare. So those kind of dreams, um, if you smoke weed every day, every day, or every day, just like any other herb, you need to take a break. And if you don't, you're going to have a bunch of, you know, and so now you're going to be afraid to go to sleep. I have asthma. I'm always afraid I'm going to die between the hours of three and five because most asthmatics do. They die in their sleep because they're having an, and like they'll be in a deep, deep, uh, powerful sleep and also having an asthma attack that usually is brought about by hormone fluctuations that happen at that, at, at those hours. And it's like a really terrible thing that happens to asthmatics, but so sometimes I can't sleep all night long. <laughs> you know, five o'clock rolls around. I'm like, Ugh, fine. I, I could sleep again because I'm not going to die. <laughs> it's like, I have too much shit to do. I can't, I can't die. I gotta, I gotta stay up cause I, I'm scared. You know, that happens to me sometimes still when I was a little kid, cause I would always have the asthma attacks at night. And so that gave me that fear of sleeping at night. So I've always been a night owl. And I think that's why when the sun comes up, I'm like, okay, I could sleep. I'm going to be all right now. And it's always been that way. It's very, very weird. So uh, inability to sleep can come from a lot of different things. Can it come from spirits? Yes. Can it come from magical stuff? Yes. Good and bad? Yes. When it's a full moon, I can't freaking sleep. You know, usually on full moon nights, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not getting any sleep tonight. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see what else does it say. It says um, it's during sleep that your release valve on your day is set off. Yeah. It, well, it's, that's a really weird way of putting it. Anyway. Yeah. Your release valve literally is your venting dreams. So if you smoke weed every single day, look, start taking a couple days a week off. You're going to have uh, venting dreams. Don't sweat it. Don't pull it back into your subconscious mind. It's just your subconscious mind defragging your hard drive, your brain or your soft drive. I don't know what you want to call it. I, I don't, I don't do computer speak, <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you can't sleep, uh, magnesium, you might be low in magnesium. You might be needing vitamin D same thing. I mean, the things that cause anxiety also sometimes cause the inability to sleep. And sometimes all the other symptoms cause a situation where we can't sleep. So, uh, what can you do? Uh, stop smoking weed every day. Take a few days off, take a week off if you can. 
it'll save you a little bit of money and you'll get a little bit uh, less mentally foggy. You'll get more uh, clarity. Um, you can meditate. That does help. Uh, don't after, um, you eat dinner, don't watch TV. If it's really affecting you, take a melatonin pill, uh, and sit in the dark or very dim light room and, um, listen to love motives. Love motives is an excellent station that will have uh, different various vibrations. Like I said, I'm doing 10,000, 12,000 Hertz right now. Um, cause that's what's lifting my vibration up and keeping me up there and I'm buzzing and it makes me buzz for a long time. If that's too much, you know what? Um, you could just look for a fireplace or the rocking of a ship on the waves or, um, any number of things that make you relax, uh, chirping birds. There's a, a fire, a campfire on the edge of a river. It's one of my favorite videos. Um, it's just a natural sound, the popping and crackling of the fire with the river babbling brook going over the beautiful stones and you can hear the wind and it's actually somebody took footage of this for eight hours <laughs> and then they put it as a video on YouTube. Um, there's a lot of fireplace videos on YouTube. If I'm cold at night, I like to listen to those, but, um, also <clears throat> Nemo's dreamscapes playing in another room. Like I mentioned yesterday, that one is excellent because you hear the music playing and it sounds like it's coming from another room. You can imagine that, especially if you're alone during this pandemic, like I am today, by the way, marks the one year anniversary. So 366 days, I have not gone out to do anything other than grocery. And I, and I, I spent, um, overnight with friends. So I I've only spent two days with friends in a row (laughs) and that's it one time. So 364 days I've been either isolated completely alone or with my son when he left in December. So I've been alone since then, except for when I went to my friend's house overnight. So, um, you know, the pandemic for me, for Ecuador, we were under military lockdown. It was really serious here. I watched it as a cop shot at a person for being, um, out after the curfew. People are so scared and so terrified and people are dropping dead like flies over in Wyas County. Or, I mean, it's not a county, it's a state here. We call it, um, a province, provincia, (laughs) but, um, people are really scared because they didn't know what the hell, like this is really, really deadly. And, um, now people aren't as scared. People are like laughing and joking and wearing their masks under their nose, like morons, but <laughs> or wearing, they're wearing a mask, but it's on their chin, you know, underneath their mouth. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, whatever, dude. But, um, but, uh, today literally is the anniversary of that for here in Ecuador. I just want to mention that pretty, pretty crazy. So what they say here, uh, she says, um, for the inability to sleep, she mentions, and I'm going to tell you, don't eat for several hours before you go to sleep. You can get uh, reflex issues. Then you have to get up and get your red, um, your apple cider vinegar and water, and then follow that always by water. Cause you don't want to hurt your teeth, but, um, don't watch anything scary. Always watch uh, light and happy things. If you want to have really crazy psychedelic dreams, watch cartoons like funny, happy, poppy cartoons that make you laugh. 
like um I always liked uh like the Flintstones or um I don't know Yogi Bear you know and, and some of these are hilarious and then you go to sleep and you have these wild wild dreams but uh, don't watch anything violent or upsetting or low vibration you're probably already put off by it now but um you know these things will help you uh, I just looked it was 5454 followed by 5455 it's 11 o'clock on the nose. I just wanted to let you know, um, just in case you're keeping track of angel numbers. Okay. So, uh, you could read something like a spiritual book that will put you in the mood to sleep and it'll set you on a greater path to understanding and insight. And also if you go to bed on time, your body will repair itself and you'll be able to make those upgrade changes from the downloads and the light codes and all of that good stuff. So <clears throat> spaceweather.com current solar wind speed is 335.8 kilometers per second. And what they're saying is geomagnetic unrest is expected, especially tomorrow. There is a co-rotating interactional region or a CIR, which is disturbing earth's magnetic field right now. So you may be feeling that it happened today. It's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, the CR, CIRs are transition zones between fast moving and slow moving solar wind streams. And that's what happened today. I kept looking throughout the day. We did not get a fast one. We just had slow plasma piles up in these regions. And then it creates a shock like density gradient that will do a good job sparking the Aurora Borealis. Well, guess what else has sparked <laughs> us during these ascension symptoms coming off this. Uh, so there is now a new stable and um, a new stable sunspot on the sun. However, even though it's stable right now, it's posing no immediate threat for strong solar flares. So, and we are on um, sunspot number 23. And um, let's see, there's a pretty cool four, uh, four petal shamrock or four leaf clover right here on spaceweather.com. And this person used it to cover up the sun while he took a picture of a 22. Here's another, <laughs> a very special uh, master number. And it's also related to twin flames, a 22 degree halo that was around the sun caused by ice crystals in cirrostratus clouds. So it's pretty cool. If you want to go check that out on spaceweather.com. So 8.8% uh, is um, high. And it is, that's how much the space, uh, I'm sorry, 8.8% of the space age average. That is the neutron counts and all the radiation we're getting from outer space coming our way. There's brand new solar wind flowing. So remember today we received some tomorrow we're receiving some and some more just came out of the sun. These are these bursts that are happening and we will get that, um, on the 21st of March. There are seven fireballs that have been reported by NASA's all sky camera and the all sky fireball network that's over the United States. It's not an exhaustive list. In fact, several States are not even covered by these cameras and throughout the whole world, there's a lot more fireballs going on. So, um, power 17 is where we're at 17 on the 17th, according to Schumann resonance news today from DisclosureNews.it coming out of Italy. And last but not least, uh, heartmath.org. All right. So the, uh, heartmath.org heartmath Institute, their Schumann resonances reported from like 18 hours ago. This is what they had 2300 hour of Monday, March 15th, 
California was at 60 hertz frequency. Hafuf Saudi Arabia was at 81 hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 129 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 76 hertz frequency. Northland, New Zealand was at 80 hertz frequency. Last but not least, and never to be outdone recently, <laughs> Holului, South Africa, at 228 hertz frequency on the Schumann Resonance Scale. They are all well in the fifth dimension, and so are you. Going to take a quick break. I'm going to uh, <laughs> play for you guys a really hilarious clip I heard on the Gilmore Girls today. This is like, God, what, going back 20 years? <laughs> this dialogue. So this is really funny and really telling because they knew even back then. And it's uh, <laughs> really, really funny. Uh, anyway, it's about Donald Trump. <laughs> he doesn't smoke cigars, by the way just in his defense for that thing, but it's a hilarious line. Anyway, I'm going to play that for you. And when I come back, we're going to channel prime creator right after this. <laughs> oh my God. What? It's the title search for the Rachel property. And guess who owns it? Tell me. It's not that bastard Donald Trump. Fran. Fran from Weston Bakery. Sweet little Fran, the cupcake lady, not some cigar chomping, dirty dealing city slicker. Oh, that's good. All right, guys. Well, I had to wait about an hour and a half to settle down my cat. <laughs> I had two halves of a walnut that broke perfectly yesterday. You know, like they have in movies like to play the shell game. <laughs> so I um kept that up my sleeve basically and and I gave them to her to play with and she was having a ball but we had fights, we had meow fests, we played and played and played for like 90 minutes. And now she's finally asleep upstairs, taking her little cat nap. <laughs> and so she probably won't be disturbing tonight's um, channeling like she did last night. It was too cold to put her outside today. There was no way. We had thunder and lightning all day long. It was really, really... Um, Loud. I mean, it made me like jump a few times. The cat and I kind of jumped into each other's arms at one point. We're like looking out the window, like, oh my God, <laughs> it was really intense, very intense storm. The lightning kept flashing overhead directly above this house. Um, many, many times, which kind of freaked me out because I was struck by lightning, um, in 2007, <laughs> it's been 13 years. There's my lucky number 13, but <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> did not want to get struck again. So we were like, uh, let's not go outside for this one. Usually we're outside in the storms because we could stand under the awning, but today it was a different day. So the cat and I were in the house together most of the day and she's been a very good girl. <laughs> um, in the past 15 minutes. So I think it's safe. I could begin the show, um, again. So, uh, let's see. Um, something really strange happened while I was waiting, um, for her to settle down. I had Gilmore girls on in the background. Um, cause I've been writing my, um, 
class as well, but I watched this for a few minutes while I drank a cup of tea. And, um, this guy says, um, Carl Anderson needs a new roof. I just noticed that. And I just, I had a pause it. I was like, Oh my God. Um, that was the name of our pastor. Um, back. I, I never wanted to be religious, but my parents made me go to church with my, you know, my brother and I, and, um, that was the name of our pastor and he needed a new roof. And my dad put a roof on, uh, the church, you know, like at cost of materials. I mean, he gave his labor for free and they still wouldn't bury him in the church. And I had a big argument with this guy, <laughs> the pastor, like how he's like, cause he was a Mason. I'm like, so what? You know, just because he's spiritual doesn't mean he also was not religious because he's both. My dad was both, you know. Anyway, um, I just thought, I don't know if that was a message from heaven or what. That was like a very weird thing. I had never, I've seen this series all the way through from beginning to end four times, maybe I would have to say over the years, maybe. And this is, and I'm doing it again. Um, since I know all, mostly all the episodes, I could just, you know, have it on in the background for company, but that was the weirdest thing. I was like, Whoa, I, why did I not ever notice that before? So I've noticed that there's a lot more messages for us from heaven. There's a lot more, um, at least in my life, like if somebody's in my mind and I haven't thought about them in a very, very long time. I now know that they're going to call me or write to me in the next 48 to 72 hours from the moment their face pops into my mind. And I thought that was very weird. Another thing I wanted to notice before we get into the channeling tonight is, um, I, some of these episodes that I know pretty well, I've seen several times, like the plot, the story just seems totally different from what I remember. Now, either I, my mind was adding scenes or, um, I hopped a timeline where the show is different. ET is a new movie on, um, Netflix, or at least it's been, uh, in my queue recently. And I noticed that the face of the child who is the main actor, it's not the same kid that I remember. And I saw this movie in the theater with my, um, my parents and my sister many, many times, my stepdad, my mother and my sister. And we, I mean, we saw it, I think it might've been opening weekend and we saw it like the following weekend again, we saw it, I think two times in the same day, <laughs> opening weekend, we just stayed or we paid again. And, um, and then we took my grandma to it a couple of weeks later. And then when every time there was a re release, because Steven Spielberg is smart. He, this is before we all had a uh, VCRs. And so this is like a long time ago and he kept re-releasing it. He did it two or three or four times. And every single time I saw it in the theaters. And as soon as I could, I bought it on, um, CD or no, I'm not CD. I never bought it on CD. I, I was trying to, trying to say DVD, but I bought it on a cassette tape not cassette tape. Damn it. VHS tape. Jesus. We have so many platforms for different things. And then as soon as it was on um, Netflix, I also watched it on Netflix. So I've seen this movie a bunch of times 
And I'm telling you guys, it's not the same actor that I remember. I have face amnesia, but I did not have face amnesia for this kid because I loved this movie. I mean, in my mind right now, I mean, I could almost draw um, Drew Barrymore's adorable little face as Gertie in that movie. Like, I, I have her mind, even the mother, I have her face in my mind too. And of course, E.T.'s face, right? So <laughs> if someone is particularly interesting to me, I will, you know, or there's some note that I make about them, I will remember their face. So um, if I have a really super boring conversation with somebody, I will never recognize them. Not even like the next day. <laughs> it's so strange. If I just have a, hi, how are you? I'm your neighbor. Okay, cool. Type of normal, boring kind of conversation. I won't remember them. It's really, really weird. But um, it's not because I'm not trying to. It's just something that happens. But <laughs> it's almost like that being in the moment thing. It's like, pfft. I'm going to seem like a moron to some people. I don't know. <laughs> you know, crazy or an idiot. I don't know. I'm, I'm really intelligent, but I, it's just like certain people's face always in my mind. And I can, I can recognize them on the street and everything. But <laughs> anyway, um, it, I, there, there's some things I've noticed since we hopped that timeline on Saturday or we didn't hop the timeline. What happened was I collapsed a timeline that was 16% worse. And we all got a rush of energy on Saturday. And then all these other things started coming up for me. All of a sudden, there's actors that I don't recognize them. That's like, that's not the person I remember. Like, you know, Ryan Reynolds always looks the same, you know, and Matthew McConaughey, he looks the same. But um, I can't even tell you the names except for the kid who played Elliot, which is weird. I don't know his name right now, but... um, I watched Back to the Future. Those are another other movies I saw in the theater that when, as soon as they came out on VHS, I bought it. And then when it came on DVD, I bought it. And then when they came out again on uh, Netflix, I watched it. And then it was off Netflix and now it's back on and I'm watching again. So I've watched these movies a lot of times and there are some scenes that are changed. I don't know if it's Mandela effect or my memory or I hopped a timeline to which some of these scenes were left out. So I wanted to bring that up and I want you guys to let me know if you've gone through this as well, because it's kind of freaky. Uh, some of these things where it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just some people that, you know, like I heard of someone, an actor the other day, I can't remember who it was now. <clears throat> I've looked up a lot of actors, uh, recently and this person, um, I went to look them up and I don't remember them. I don't, re- I don't recognize them. And it's like somebody that it's like from a TV show or something that I loved. This happened a couple different times, but the Elliot, Elliot from ET, this does not look like the same kid. And I don't know why. Anyway, there you go. Um, so now the cat, I'm talking, the cat's not come in. <laughs> Looks like everything is, uh, <coughs> good to go. So I am an indirect channeler. I do not allow entities to take over my body. In this case, it's different because I and my father are one, just like you and God are one as well, but you have to claim it and know it and, um, fuel the fire, fan that fire within, you know, the Kundalini energy has to rise. You have to open up all your chakras, all 12 of them. Uh, there's a lot of new age people with podcasts. Um, there's one in particular I'm thinking about. She talks about 
twin flames all the time. And she's like, your seven chakras must be open. And I'm like, and yes, the other five as well, (laughs) you know, um, she has like a little bit of knowledge and not all of it in order to find your twin flame and clear out everything and be together with this person forever and ever and ever and ever without the separation runner chaser thing happening. You should open up all 12 shockers, keep them open and work on yourself a hundred percent. And then when you finally meet, it's going to be like, that's it. You're, you're together forever. But, um, it's like funny. She never mentions the other five chakras. It's like, how come she doesn't know about that? That's so weird. It's like she read one book and said, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, we're multidimensional beings. We need to open up the other parts of our multidimensionality. But anyway, um, I don't even know why I brought that up. That's so strange. Uh, but I wanted to bring it up to you guys, open up all 12 chakras and open yourself up in all different ways. But once you do that, you can pull in the light of God and the light of God is already inside you, but you could pull in the light of God and pull in more and more and more and expand that out and start to really claim your divinity. But you can't really start to do all that until you've done all the other stuff, like open up the chakras and the 11th chakra, for example, you have to love everybody on earth. And before we get into it, by the way, all Asian lives matter. Oh, I know you all know this and I know I know this. So it's not us that we have to even talk to you about this. So, um, let's just say a prayer, uh, for all Asian people, especially Chinese people and Korean people. Um, They've been targets. Um, I don't know specifically in Korea. I know that in Chinatown in Oakland, and there's a lot of Korean people. In fact, a lot of people I met when I was there and, um, Chinese people, um, you know, it's, they're kind of in a community Japanese too, in that particular Chinatown. And, um, it's like, it's super annoying. Like in the rest of Berkeley, there's a lot of Thai people. So I don't know if all Asian people everywhere are being, targeted, but I think we should send a lot of love and light to everybody who's Asian right now, especially in, um, you know, Europe and in the United States because they're being targeted for violence and this whole shooting thing and the whole, um, elderly, uh, people being knocked down and abused in Oakland in the past few weeks. I've been saying a lot of prayers, sending a lot of love and light and Reiki to, um, you know, Chinatown in Oakland, especially, and also Chinatown in San Francisco, which is the largest Chinatown, um, outside of actual China in the world. And then in Peru, in Lima, the largest Chinatown in South America is in Lima. And I used to go there all the time because, oh my God. Okay. First of all, the food, second of all, the, uh, uh, herbs, uh, Chinese medicine is excellent. And I found a bunch of amazing herbs there. And there's a lot of Chinese doctors and stuff there, which is, is really freaky because they don't speak English. They only speak, um, Chinese, they man, they speak Mandarin, but they also speak Spanish. So, um, I don't know. I, I would like to go to a doctor there at some point. Um, because Chinese medicine I, I think is better. It's been around for thousands of years, but anyway, um, that's neither here nor there, but I did get a bunch of amazing Chinese herbs and I do use, um, Chinese herbs and detox, uh, pads and stuff. Um, I find that they work better than a lot of other things. 
um, for me. So anyway, um, so now that I've said all that, I just, I just wanted to bring that up. Like all Asian lives matter. And let's just send a lot of love and light to the Asian communities because this is like super unfair, you know, because a couple evil scientists that all Asian people get blamed for a virus that is complete and utter bullshit, you know, (laughs) it's just really, really dumb. So I don't know. People are just taking their frustrations out on the easiest possible target that they can find. And it's not right. It's not right. So, you know, there you have it. So protective bubbles (laughs) over all Asian people right now with lots of love. All right. Um, so anyway, I'm an indirect channel. And what that means is I use telepathy as well as clairvoyance, all the clairs, clairsentience, clairaudience, clair gustatory, clair olfactory, um, clairsentience where I feel stuff in my body and I use my empathic abilities and my, um, you know, you call my spidey senses, (laughs) which might be like shaman, my shaman, shamanerific (laughs) senses to, um, gather all the information I possibly can. A lot of times, um, the beings I'm channeling will, uh, pluck bits of information, like stories from my life or, um, words that I would normally say. And it's not what they would normally say, but they, uh, do this because you guys all relate to me and what I say. And so they pull out things that you've already related to. So it's kind of freaky. It's like, I'll be like going along with their words and all of a sudden they'll say something that I normally say. And I'm like, no, I just sound like I'm faking it. And then I have to like clarify. All right, guys, I pulled that out of my head. (laughs) Um, but anyway, tonight I'm going to be channeling prime creator who, um, you know, I asked to basically take on the mantle of doing his work directly on the planet. I don't recommend it unless you're really serious about it. Cause once you do it, you cannot undo it. And I did this in 2007. And the day after I did that, I got struck by lightning and that was uh, coming up. The anniversary is coming up in like two weeks of that. <laughs> One of the freakiest things that ever happened to me in my life. Um, but I knocked a lot of, in fact, a lot, knocked the rest of my karma out of my body so that I could, um, accept the mantle, which is basically telling God, use my body as your, an instrument of your will from now on. And I went through a lot of stuff in the resistance uh, parts that I went through. We've been mentioning resistance a lot this week. Um, I got very, uh, just very, um, a lot of problems came up basically when I resisted, when I stopped resisting, everything started to flow smoothly. Um, I didn't have any money and I was battling like this divorce. It was horrible a year later. And, um, and then when he died, I had money and it was like, you're going to always be okay. As long as you're raising your kids. It was like, Oh my God, obviously I didn't ask God, Hey, kill my husband off so I could get money. But it's just how it happened. It was very sad. I'd rather have him. I'd rather have him alive to fight with him (laughs) than, you know, for what happened. But, um, you know, things happened. It was really weird, but, um, it was all meant to be, it was all supposed to be the way it is. And because over the last 10 years, I was able to travel with the kids come into my own as a shaman and a psychic medium and now a channeler. So I'm going to do that for you guys tonight. And it's not going to be, um, 
too long of a channel, I don't think, tonight. But uh, Prime Creator himself wants to speak to you guys and address you. I don't know what the topic is, so we're going to just let him figure it out. I'm always, always connected with him because, like I said, since 2007, I have never not been directly, openly, consciously, directly connected to him. You know, we're all connected to God, but I mean, to be a co-creator in the universe and connected and taking on that mantle and allowing God to flow through you constantly, it's a big challenge, especially when you start. And now it's easier. It's probably why I don't remember anything because I'm in the present moment all the time, always ever new, ever creating. And it's, um, it's been really helpful. Like if I just, uh, take my ego out of like an interaction with my cat. If I get irritated with something she's doing and I was trying, I was practicing this today, just opening myself up and just opening myself up to the love of God. Like she was attacking me, trying to bite me and scratch me. Cause she was at first playing and then she got mad. And, um, you know, I could tell cause her tail was mad first and then it moved up to her head and then the teeth came out. So her head was mad as well. <laughs> you don't want to, you know, it's okay to have a cat with a mad tail, but a mad head, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> so I just, I, I just bowed down the light in me. I bowed down to the light in her and she immediately came up to me and put her arms around my head and rubbed her face on my head. And just, we were instant, like, you know, it was just pure love. It was like such a beautiful moment. And I, I tested it again a few minutes later. She was doing the same thing, like angry. And, and I put my head down. She, I just bowed to her and she just came and hugged me. And I was like, wow, you know, that God light inside just is it's so powerful. And you all have it. We all have it. But it gets stronger and more intense if you open up all 12 chakras. So that was why I brought that up. All right. <laughs> um, so I'm already connected and I'm going to use muscle testing for clarification, but I'm going to allow God just to come and work through me right now. So here we go. Um, okay. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. Begin transmission. This is prime creator. The, the creator of everything in all the universes and creating of, of the universes as well. Um, some of you know him as God, <laughs> uh, primal will, primal will to good. He's been created. He's been called many other things. Jah, Ra, Yahweh, Allah. Um, it's all, um, pointing back to the same, um, creation energy and, he sometimes appears with the creatrix, uh, divine mother, the feminine aspect of God. So anyway, here we go. Transmission is beginning. Greetings. It is I, the prime creator of all. I am here in this form speaking to you directly in this moment because I wanted you to know how much I love you. You are me. I love me. And therefore I love you. Now, if this is the example that I set for you, that I love you and I love myself and you are myself, there's no reason for you ever to doubt your own love for yourself. 
many of you and other people who may not ever hear this message. So this might become, uh, may or become, or be made, um, I don't know what I'm not, I'm, I'm skipping over a couple words here and I'm not quite getting that one. So let's backtrack again. It might come into your awareness or you might be made aware of that was what it was. Sometimes you guys, the messages come jumbled up. It's a bun, like a packet of information. I have to unravel it and discern and decipher it really quick. And it's like, sometimes the words jumble up. So, <laughs> all right. So you may be made aware of, um, where were we now? Okay. <sighs> um, it might come to your attention and you might be made aware of the idea that people are not worthy and it might come into your awareness more now that we're bringing this up because it is meant for you to heal it not only in yourself, but also in others. And you cannot tell other people what to do because that then raises the dander of their ego. If you want to look at it that way, the way that the hair raises up on a dog's back and they feel defensive <laughs> or any animal who feels threatened. Uh, when the ego feels threatened, it's like they, they puff up <laughs> and utilize their ego more. So, uh, what you can do when you become aware, especially in yourself, heal yourself first. Um, and then when you become aware of this and other people and what this is that we are speaking of tonight is, um, the idea that people are, um, not loving themselves completely not loving God completely as they should and not recognizing themselves as God completely as they should and not loving themselves as they love God. There has been a lot of damage done to the psyche to uh, the spiritual life of every human being on earth. For the most part, there has been a great deal of pain caused when you have been told that you fall short of the glory of God, that you are not perfect, that you are uh, going to hell if you're not baptized or that you're going to hell if you perform any number of acts that are usually made into a list and these kinds of thoughts and ideas and feelings have permeated the consciousness of all humanity whether they are buddhist or christian or jewish or any other religion even the zoroasters feel the weight and the burden energetically of these thoughts and ideas that are all pervasive in the christian world that you're not God, that you are not worthy, that you're not worthy completely of love, that you should venerate God above all else, but you fall short of the glory of God. This is something that even though might not be spoken in certain cultures or in certain religions, there's still the energy that has remained. And it feels like energetic, um, 
He's saying plugs in a boat. Is that what you wanted to say? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so if you imagine a boat that is uh, made from pure light, and then there's holes in that boat, and somebody uh, comes along and they repair it with uh, chunks of stinky, ugly mud instead of pure white light. So the boat is repaired, but it's now weighed down more and it doesn't float. It doesn't glide over the water like it would normally it, you know, so, so he's showing me like, as if imagine like a a clear crystal, clear ocean, maybe ocean of light with a boat that's made from light. And then imagine just like thick, ugly mud that's stinky and putrid and it has, um, not been disinfected. You know, it's like really disgusting and it's like plugging up these, uh, holes in the boat. So every time you hear these kinds of phrases <clears throat> or these kinds of ideas, um, it's like you're being shot through the hole of your boat and these, these ideas, um, eventually will get to the more holes that there are in the boat. So the more you're told that you're a sinner or that you're not worthy or that, uh, Jesus, you should worship Jesus and you're not nearly, um, good enough and you're never going to be good enough. And, uh, you're always going to fall short of the glory of God and you are less than perfect. These are the ideas. And there's a lot more, every single one of these ideas, the energy of such, um, can poke holes in your boat. And then the shining example is, but just ask Jesus. So now you're putting your power and giving your power away to other people or another person in this case, Jesus, and you're giving your power away to a God outside of yourself and you're giving your power away to, you know, a God floating on, on a cloud in a sky somewhere invisible, long, long place away from you. And it gives you an energy of loneliness. It gives you an energy of smallness. You start to shrink your own light. And when you pray to God, you're like plugging your, your boat up with, uh, this stinky, ugly mud. And when you do that, you sink lower and lower and lower into the water because you're no longer floating and gliding along with the path of light as your guide and the energy of light and purity. And you become less and less pure energetically, even though, um, at the core of your being, you're always perfect. That boat is still perfect and, and pure, but you start to believe it. You tell yourself the story. You listen to the story of people who mean well, but, um, <laughs> he's showing me, he's telling me to tell you guys, my friend, Katrin, who I love her dearly. I haven't seen her since my first year in, in college and she was very, very spiritual. And she was, um, Italian. Her father was, um, one of the professors at the university. And so she was, I, she had all kinds of confidence and I loved Catherine. She was amazing person. I wish I knew her now. She's like a punk rocker and she dyed her hair in funky colors. And she was just really cool. Like, Whoa. Like she didn't simply smoke a cigarette. She had that sexy extra long ass antique cigarette holder <laughs> that would go like they would filter the cigarette. It was like, I mean, she was just, 
and she would wear old gloves, like long gloves up to her um, elbows. Nobody dressed like this in North Dakota, but she did. She was like, she came out of the 1940s and then turned into a goth chick punk rocker, right? Amazing person, energetically awesome person. But she told me that her granny from Italy said often that usually when people say they mean well, usually means they're a damn fool. (laughs) Oh, but I mean well. Well, that usually means you're damn fool. You don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't know what the hell you're saying. You don't know what you're doing to people with your actions and your your beliefs that you're forcing on others. And so uh, God wanted me to bring that up, (laughs) that phrase, because that's uh, what uh, Christians do, especially to non-Christians. You know, they, they force, uh, not every Christian does this and a lot of Christians don't, but the Christians that do this, this is what they're doing energetically to you and to me and to everybody and the whole world. So, okay, God, go ahead. So yes, exactly. So they are a, um, so people, uh, that force their beliefs, their ideas. And this is not only in Christianity, but it's more prevalent because it's uh, a more prevalent religion on the planet. And so, uh, he's like basically saying he's not trying to pick out only Christians, but it seems to be a lot more prevalent, you know, um, in this, but it is prevalent in other societies, like, like in Taliban, um, in other, like there's extreme groups in every religion, for example, and they all do this kind of stuff. So what they do is they bring up their, um, own beliefs and they, they try to knock down people's, uh, um, expectations of themselves and they knock the success right out of people and they knock the confidence and the self-esteem right out of people with their stories and their lies and their beliefs that have no basis in actual reality. And they, um, poke holes in your boat and then they say, Oh, but just worship Jesus or just, um, you know, follow these rules that we've written down on this tablet or on this, you know, bulletin board or whatever it is. You know, if you just pledge your allegiance to us and we're going to tell you the way and they use their own egos to lead you down a very winding and very blinding path. And it blinds you to the truth and it winds you up in knots and it brings you to a point at which you become very confused. But if you try to patch your boat with their lies you're patching it up with putrid, um, mud that's filled with putrefaction and it's horrible. It's like, and then, and it drags you down and it just stinks. What they're doing to you just stinks. And so eventually you're going to drown in these beliefs and they're going to harm you. If you go all the way with it. it, it could just drag you down to below the level of light, which is the top of the water in our metaphor. And it can drag you to the bottom where now you have sunk yourself all the way down. And what, what I mean by this is all the way down to the lowest level of vibration you possibly can. Most religions in the world, especially the pushy dogmatic 
judgmental finger pointing religions that make you feel like you're two feet tall until you believe or two feet tall. He's, he says two feet tall. I say feet and he's showing me like uh, two inches tall, like a really tiny man in itty bitty cartoon man. He showed me my mind. <laughs> so two inches tall. So anyway, uh, anytime any of these people, and it doesn't have to be Christians necessarily. It could be anyone who's pushy extremist. Um, they are trying to use their egos to control you by citing, um, sources of the religion that they're claiming to come from. And they're claiming that they know more about God than you do. And there are even, um, religions and, uh, groups on the planet that prevent certain people from reading or knowing the scripture. Some, in some cases, uh, people are kept illiterate, so they cannot read women, for example. Um, and now he's showing me like the Orthodox community, uh, the Hungarian Orthodox Jewish community where women are not allowed. I watched a bunch of, um, I watched a TV show about this and I watched a documentary show about this on Netflix because I thought it was very, very interesting. This is the Hasidic Jews who, um, have a very close society. <clears throat> They're very, very interesting to me. And I found out though, that there's a lot of abuse in this and they don't allow women to read the scriptures. They don't allow women, um, to, um, really do much outside the home. They don't allow the children to go to any normal, regular public school it has to be their own school. And their books are extremely, um, dumbed down. And so the kids will learn to read, but barely, and like, they don't read a wide variety of material. They only know, um, the things that the men want them to know. And so he's like showing me this kind of thing. It's extremely oppressive and it's very hurtful. And, um, if people try to leave the community, a lot of them end up strung out on drugs and they end up coming back to the community because they don't know how to live outside of their community because they inter they, everything's interdependent. And so like, if you get, you know, with a good mate and you really love that person, even though it's all arranged marriages, if you know, you could have a potentially wonderful life in the situation, but in the wrong situation with the wrong person or surrounded by the wrong uh, people in the society, it could be extremely oppressive. And so he's showing, so he showed me that because of the extreme examples that are on the TV shows that I've watched. Um, you know, and I don't doubt that there's some people that are wonderful and they feel amazing and happy in that situation, but there's also negative situations, just like in every religion and in every society. So, um, and I don't want to pick on them either because, you know, I love everyone on the planet, whether they know what they're doing or not. Um, I love everybody, even the people that are so-called evil or, you know, the Orions or the reptilian. I love everybody. God created everybody. So therefore there's a light inside the, the, um, the physical matter and the soul of the people that, um, even are doing bad. As soon as they wake up, they're never going to do bad again. You know, <laughs> that's what spiritual awakening is for. <laughs> so anyway, um, so God is showing me, um, just various parts and sex, sex of society. Um, S C C T S not sex S E X. So I'm um, just portions. Uh, that's what I mean. Um, so he's showing me all these different, um, societies around the world where it might be closed and where 
people will use their ego to control and then they use the dogma of um, their religion and their beliefs and they run with it to a point where it becomes very toxic for the people and if they um, talk to anybody outside of that church or that group or that community or that whatever, you know, church, temple, mosque, whatever it's called, um, then it could be very negative and the community will react negative and that becomes more toxic. It's like more, it's like plugging up more holes because the toxicity, it's like puts a hole in your aura and then they plug it up with that toxic putrefaction mud. (laughs) And it's like the, um, you know, it's like they make your life emotionally stinky. It's not like obviously physically, but, um, so he's showing me that like they, um, like they'll, uh, okay. Now he's showing me another thing. Okay. So, okay. This is, uh, he's showing me this thing that happened to me and he wants me to explain it. So in the Islamic faith, um, cause I am a Muslim, uh, by choice in, in only since 2012. So, um, so he, he wanted me to tell you guys. So in the, uh, Shia, uh, way of praying, there is, uh, like you have to stand in certain positions, right? At certain points of the prayer. And then like, it's like a very rigorous prayer cycle and it's like exercise. I like it cause it's almost like yoga combined with prayer combined with meditation. And it's like, it gets to be a pretty high vibration. So I really liked it. But, um, and not that they say this, but it's something I observed, you know, coming from the out as an outsider, observing this with the metaphysical background. I'm like, wow, these prayers are like really high vibration, you know, in Arabic is a, a pretty, it's an ancient language and there's some very high vibrations to it. So I loved hearing the Arabic and we have to pray in Arabic. So we have to memorize massive passages in Arabic. And I, I know somebody who has the whole Quran memorized. It's like, really? Wow. I only have the first verse, so not a whole lot. <laughs> but anyway, um, so in the Shia mosque and the Shia way of praying, um, we were taught by um, Prophet Muhammad and Imam Ali. Um, praise and blessings be upon them. It's something we always have to say, PBUH <laughs> or PBUT, praise and blessings be upon them, which I should say when I mentioned Jesus as well, because he's very highly venerated in the Islamic faith. But so when we pray, there's a part of the prayer that we have to have our hands at our sides because we are being passive as we, it's not that they say this exactly, but you're being passive as you receive the light and love of God. Right. And you're just being a receptive, you're in a receptive state. But then when I went to the Sunnah mosque, which was, uh, taught by, um, another person who was like, not a direct relative of the prophet, but someone who lived down the road that was kind of a friend of his. And that guy had, um, he was inbred, seriously inbred. Um, and there's like records of this. I'm not making fun of somebody. It's a very sad thing, but he always had problems with his stomach. He was always in pain. And so when he prayed, he put his arms over his uh, stomach because he had to hold his stomach because he's always in pain. I think he had ulcers. And, um, so in the Sunnah mosques, you will see that people will put their arms across their stomachs. 
And so, um, I went to a, um, I, w- I went mosque hopping during Ramadan. And so I went to the Shia mosque where everyone kept their arms to their side, the way I was taught to pray. Cause I said my Shahada as a Shia, it's, it's like very, like barely minuscule differences. And this is one of the big differences. You pray with your arm in a different position. It's like, God doesn't care either way, but, <laughs> but I went to the Sunnah mosque and this beautiful Egyptian woman who I became friends with, um, chided me in the middle of the pray. She said, you're not doing it right. And she got upset with me. I'm like, what? And she said, sister, you're not doing it right. We have to tell our sisters and brothers when they're doing something wrong. And I'm like, oh my God, like she's stopping me in the middle of my praying to tell me that my arms are different than where they should be. And she got mad a little bit. Who taught you that? (laughs) Not mad at me, but mad at whoever taught me that. I'm like, like the Shia people from which I come, you know? And she was like, you have to put your hands over your stomach. I'm like, why? She's like, it's just how we do it. (laughs) So she chided me. So she put a hole in my boat and then she forced, she grabbed my arms and forced them over my stomach, one arm over the other in the exact position that all the other women were praying. And we all have, as women, we have to pray separate from the men um, because we don't want to be ogled while we're bending over. And it's a matter of honor and respect of women, basically. So we pray not just behind the men, but up in a beautiful balcony and it's our own private area. So it was like, kind of like the VIP section <laughs> and the men were praying down below. It's funny. Cause we could totally ogle the men. I mean, not that we would, but it was like really weird. <laughs> like what if it goes the other way? What if I want to ogle the men? It's kind of ridiculous, but it's to prevent sexual arousal basically. <laughs> <laughs> just to be honest about it. So she was, so she forced my arms. She grabbed my arms, invaded my personal space, forced my arms against my stomach. And then she goes, there you go. You see sister, this is how we do it. And so she plugged up my, so she put a hole in my boat and plugged it up with this preacher fast, you know, this mud, this crappy mud basically. And so that's what God is trying to show me like that kind of thing. Like they will chide you. And it's not just, um, you know, Islamic people, it's just all over the world, all the different religions. Doesn't matter what country, it's just a human nature thing when they're using their ego uh, to do a religion, to be a part of a society because they egotistically want to be a part of the society. And that's what God is showing me. It has nothing to do with the religion I just mentioned, but it does have to do with like the example of what happened. So you sang that song wrong here, let me show you how to do it the way we all do it. Oh, okay. That's puts a hole in your boat and then plugs it up with bullshit mud. That's going to stink. And, and treating someone like that, that stinks. That's what God's trying to get across that, that kind of thing. It stinks. And it lowers your vibration when someone is so rude. And then they say, but it's in the name of God. It's like, that's bullshit. That's the stinky plug in the boat (laughs) and it lowers your vibration because as what it does. And so now God's talking again, what this does is it, it, uh, it lowers your vibration by lowering your self-esteem, your confidence in yourself, and it shakes your faith in your ability to produce the appropriate or proper uh, way of doing things such as holding your arms correctly. When re in reality, 
none of that even matters. Whether you have milk and meat touching each other in the same grocery bag or in the same pan or even on the same plate or in the same meal, that does not determine whether you go to heaven or hell. There are things in many different religions, there are many different things, you know, if you drink the body and blood of Jesus, which is an evil act, by the way. And is this from me? No, is this from God directly? Okay. <laughs> I just want to make double make sure because it's something I've told, I've told you guys that God is showing me that. So when you, when you say you're going to drink blood and eat, um, someone's body, that's cannibalism. That's an evil act. But in many churches around the world in the Christian faith, that's part of the religion. It's quite demonic. And that's like, if you don't do it our way, you're going to hell. That's the hole in your boat. But here, come with us, join us. We're all going to love and accept you and hug you. The minute you perform an act that symbolizes cannibalism, that's the mud and the putrefaction and the lies. And it, and and it lowers your vibration every time you do something that goes against your purity form, your pure soul form that knows better than to be a cannibal, for example, (laughs) or knows better than to make such petty things such as what food you eat, what food you don't eat in what order you eat that food or in what order you pray or in what order you stand or regardless of what you wear. You know, if you love God in a sweater and you love God in a long robe, do you think God is going to say, I'm sorry, there's a fashion rule here and we're going to allow the fashion police to take you to hell now because you didn't pray in the right outfit. I mean, when we put it in this way, it sounds completely and utterly ridiculous. And yet this is part of what we're talking about when there's holes being put in your boat and then it's being patched up, spackled up with mud that stinks and takes your energy down. It lowers your vibration. So eventually your boat sinks when you get into the religions of, of the world. And this is not a problem only on earth. This is a problem that we've seen in many, many, uh, galaxies, many, uh, systems, um, solar systems around the universe there. This is something that's been happening all over. And it's a problem of all the uh, polarity worlds, all the 3d worlds when people, uh, become this versus that us versus them male versus female. Um, and then it it splits in, it splinters off this idea of polarity. And it's something that has to be healed before, uh, people can go back up to the higher dimensional realms and live comfortably. They have to let go of and relinquish all of these ideas that were, uh, this, this spackled patches of putrefaction in your, your light boat. So what you have to do is you have to slowly, but surely take out the toxic factors, re-expose that hole and it's going to hurt. And this is why when you are clearing away 
everything that hurt your self-esteem. And a lot of times it's from religion. A lot of times it's from your parents or your teachers or anything that people told you or bad relationships, not just bad religion, but it could be from anything that put holes in your light boat, basically holes in your aura or, uh, hurt you, your psyche, which of course means in Greek means soul. And it affects your mental body and your emotional body. And it affects eventually your physical body if you don't deal with it. Because as your energies in your subtle energy bodies become more and more dense, the density eventually just touches your physical body. And this is how you get disease. Dis-ease. At first it's emotional or mental discomfort. And then that leads to either feeling sad or emotionally um, depressed or filled with anxiety. And it just gets worse. And one feeling leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And it, it kind of snowballs, or in this case, it mud balls. <laughs> so it puts a bunch of holes in your armor and then patches it up with uh, lies that are toxic, like putrefied mud. So we are here to let you know that as you go on your spiritual journey, you're going to have to take those plugs out. You have to pull those toxic beliefs out. You have to pull those bad ideas out. You have to take away from your person, anything that made you feel less than divine, less than God, less than perfect. Because at the core and the soul of your being, you are worthy of the glory of God. And you are worthy of the beauty, the light, the divine light. You shine brighter than the sun on other energy levels that you cannot right now see. And so right now you need to understand as you detox from the ideas and sometimes the physical body needs to be detoxed because it got so dense that it became toxins in your body. Those of you that are carrying 30 or more pounds of extra weight, the fat cells surround toxins. And a lot of those toxins came from originally from bad ideas. When you have a low self-esteem or low self-confidence or you're depressed and you eat your feelings, you eat negative junk food, that's directly related to the holes that someone else put in your boat. And then you allowed them to teach you how to patch it up with mud instead of with light. And so as you go through this process of spiritual awakening and healing, you're going to be washing away the mud and patching your boat up back with your own divine light. You're every bit as good as the Christ because you are the Christ consciousness. You just have to embody that in your body. You have to bring yourself to a higher vibration by detoxing each one of these holes that somebody else put in your light boat. We hope that this metaphor has been helpful. It's just one other way of seeing the process that many of you have been 
undertaking for many years, some of you decades and some of you months, some of you even weeks, but we would like you to understand it in a way that's easy to visualize. So as you go along, you're going, every time you detox, you raise your vibration, build your self-esteem, build your confidence, build your love for God by loving yourself. How do you love yourself? You take care of your physical body. You take care of your emotional body. You take care of your psychological needs and you devote some time to your spiritual practice. These are the things that we recommend, but you don't have to be a religion and you may find your own spiritual practice to be different wildly and vastly from everybody, you know, and that's okay. As long as it takes the mud out of the holes of your boat and allows you to fill those holes with the light of God that you are. I am the prime creator and we are the prime creators that created this world. He's referring to mother, the mother, father, God aspects are together right now. We love you very much. We wish to always be here to help you. So just call upon us. We are closer to you than your jugular vein. We are inside you feel us feel the light ever expanding as you detox from these ideas that have held you back and made you feel less than because you are more than you think we love you we love you we love you you are divine and transmission All right, guys. Yeah, they told me whisper it like in the secret there at the end. That was the end. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I love you guys so much. I'm glad we have all decided collectively to go on this spiritual journey together. Uh, Remember that nobody is uh, worse than you or better than you. We're just we're on the same path. It's just some of us are miles ahead and some of us are miles behind, but we all are one and we're going back to this unity consciousness. So no more us versus them mentality It's just, I am, I am that I am that I am that I am. Remember anything that you say after I am becomes your world and your reality because you are a co-creator in this universe and I am is the name of God. And this is the name of you. I, I am powerful. I am divine. I am spiritual. I am light. I am love. These are the things you tell yourself every day and you're going to start patching up the holes in your boat. All right, guys, um, that's it. I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. You can get in touch with me by direct messaging me at mermaidgirl888 on Instagram. If you um, think you might be an archangel, 
please come forward and ask me. I will ask Prime Creator directly for you and help you figure it out. Um, I'm going to, at some point, try in the next couple years, try to come up with an Archangel convention for us somewhere in the world. <laughs> if you're an Archangel, you'll know about it. <laughs> and I will invite you um, so that we could all gather together and learn more about ourselves and our mission and journey so that we can help everybody on the planet and the planet itself raise up, up, up in vibration. So um, I'm doing this just out of pure love for God. And also I'm working directly for God <laughs> since 2007. Anyway, that's it. That's all she wrote for now. And by she, I mean me. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and for your continued confidence in me, myself, and my abilities. If you wish to send me a donation, I willingly will accept it, especially since I don't have sponsors right now. <laughs> um, and I'm tirelessly working on this at least 10 hours a week. So, I mean, in behind the scenes, it's more like 30, 40 hours, some weeks depends on the week, but, um, it's almost a full-time job for me. So yeah, if you can, um, if you can and you want to, uh, just PayPal, whatever you wish. And if it's a love donation, thank you so much at mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com or metaphysical soul speak at gmail.com. Anyway, that's it. I will be back tomorrow. So until then, I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.